This is the Made It in Music Podcast, show 112. Welcome to the podcast, where we bring you tools and resources to help you go full time in music and to stay in. The music business is a roller coaster ride, changing faster than any of us can pay attention to. We all need a competitive edge to stay ahead and to stay successful. What's working, what isn't, and what's coming? That's exactly what this show is all about. Back again with Full Circle Music, the Made It in Music podcast. What's up? This is Seth Mosley, host of the Made It in Music podcast. And today we've got a great one. It's Wally, the host of WayFM's Total Access, a nationally syndicated radio program. If you've listened to Christian Radio, you are familiar with his voice. And if not, you are going to love this interview anyway, because it dives deep into the minds of what do radio people think. One of our most popular episodes was how to get played on Christian Radio. Now, again, whether you're writing music for country or pop or rock or whatever it is, these are great episodes to listen to if you're wondering how do radio DJs and people behind the mic think? How do they go about adding songs? What is the business behind uh, you know, how radio stations make their living? So we dive pretty heavy into that. This is a hilarious episode. Wally is tons of fun. But before we dive in, just wanted to say we are so close to the launch of the Song Chasers course. If you guys have been with us for a while and you're on our email list, on our newsletters, then you will be getting the first chance to have access to it. That's going to be releasing September 18th. So look out for that, Song Chasers. It is A to Z on how I think about the songwriting process. So it's a masterclass, about nine to 10 hours of content, and it's basically everything that I've learned distilled into a actionable package. So Song Chasers course, September 18th. Be looking out for that. If you've got any questions about it or you want to make sure you get the notice when it arrives, email us at support at fullcirclemusic.com. Again, that's the Song Chasers course. And also hit subscribe, leave a rating and review. It helps people discover the show. So without any further ado, let's jump into the studio with Wally from WayFM. Hey, it's Seth Mosley. We're on the Made It Music podcast. We've got Wally in from Way FM, the Wally Show. Very popular, highly rated. Not really, but it's a radio show. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time. I, I, I always, uh, you know, w- when you get off work, probably the last thing you want to do is go do another interview or radio show. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like you talk for four hours, you know, and and then by the time like, I'm sick of my own voice by the end of that, even you know, and yeah. it's like, but no, I'm I'm glad to be here. This is kind of fun. I like getting to talk about the business. Yeah, uh, you know, we do a lot of goofy, fun radio stuff, but I do love music and I like the business of music too. So yeah, well, that, last time you were here hanging out, we just got to talk a little bit, and you, you're involved in so many different uh, facets of of the industry and have have been and just have so much experience and knowledge to share. So it just made total sense. Like this guy's got to be on cool man well i appreciate that so what was your first dollar that you made in the music business first dollar that i made i was actually uh in a band back in the day uh heaven's fire plug (laughs) what up uh horrible metal band uh that i was uh like a part of uh but yeah the first time i ever got paid to play was at a club in fort lauderdale to about 
and I don't I don't want to brag about four people. Okay. Uh, and it was it was the worst experience ever. You're trying to play in this club, and and it was a Christian band, and so we're playing, you know. Christian songs and people, four people getting drunk. Uh, but I was happy about that dollar because I survived yeah. it because it was yeah. not a good experience. <laughs> <laughs> so in a, in a Christian metal band, yeah. he- Heaven's Fire, I yeah. am going to go look that up. Uh, yeah. I hope I can find something. You know, I don't think you can. I think I got rid of everything. And this is before the internet. That's how old I am. Okay. Like, so like before internet stuff was around, I have a cassette of it left. Uh, from a demo that we play on the show from time to time and everyone makes fun of me because everyone I work with is younger so they don't understand mid-80s metal, you know? Yeah. Because I love it. Yeah. I'm still a fan. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, they, I I get uh, teased pretty hard. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) Well, between Heaven's Fire and going full-time, when did did music enable you to go full-time? I went full-time in radio, like, because I I guess a lot of radio guys are kind of frustrated musicians, because you get into it because you love music, and then... From there, I, I mean, I was out there slugging like everybody trying to make a living at it and stuff like that. And it just, it wasn't the plan, you know? And so I went to college and graduated with a weird degree in organizational communication, which I don't even use. It's like to be an HR director. And I got my first job in radio because a friend of my wife's um, was working there. And she said, oh, you know, we have a job opening for a sales guy and they're looking for young people out of college. Why don't you try? And so I did. Um, I almost shut the place down. I sent, I was trying to be creative. You know how you try to do that with a uh, with your first job? <laughs> so I sent a brown paper box wrapped in just brown paper with no uh, return address and a jack-in-the-box that when you open, when you did, 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 and it would pop up and it said, I hear you want people that think out of the box. But the problem was the jack-in-the-box was making noise and they had just fired a guy like three days before and they thought he sent a bomb to the station. And oh so they Lord. cleared out the station Holy for my resume. <laughs> but I got the job. So. Well, that you made an impression. Yeah, I did, and so I highly recommend that. Um, but no, and, that, and so that was what got me in to where then I kind of worked my way through a promotions gig yeah. and sales and all of that, and ended up you know uh, getting on the air, yeah. and that's where I found what I'm supposed to do. You know, like if your spiritual gift is sarcasm, there aren't a lot of places for you, <laughs> and so radio seemed to work out. Yeah. So over the years, I mean, how, how long has it been since you got that first? Uh, Jack in the Box gig. Twenty four years. Wow. I've done this. Yeah, so, and, and you, you know, being uh, on the air, you're obviously helping a lot of artists launch careers and get heard and and be known. Um, I mean, what 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 is that sort of led you? Like, was it the Christian radio the whole time? Was it rock? Was it? It was like- mainstream radio, like rock radio. Like I've done most formats. I did, you know, AAA. I did alternative. The biggest alternative station I was at was ninety nine X in Atlanta. That was a heritage alternative station and bastion of cool, and it was great. But then I did active rock and stuff, and then I've done sports, and then all of that led me ultimately because I was part of. Like the last few shows I were on really aggressive, blue, crass, push every envelope Mm. shows. And in being like a a believer, trying to justify that, you just can't. There's some point where you can't justify your actions anymore. Mm. And it was always an internal struggle. And so for me, one day it just kind of snapped and it was like, all right, 
now's the time to move, but where am I going to go? I'm like, I can't do this. And call out of the blue from a guy that gave me my start goes, Hey, there's a Christian station that uh, I think will take a chance on you. They're the only one in this format. And I want you to talk to way FM. And I did. And it still took another probably six months or a year to get worked out to where everybody was good. And it came together. And then that's what I've been doing ever since. I've got 11 years here. Yeah. So since being at WayFM, what are some of the ways that you've been able to kind of help, uh, you know, put artists and creatives on the map? When we first started, we did a show called Total Access, and it was almost all artist-driven. Like, it was, we were doing four interviews a week, and it was so heavily that. And then we made the decision inside the company to, to scale back on that because, it was just too much, you know? And so then like I went... too much work? Both. And then also, too, when you do the same thing over and over and over again, it ceases to be special. Mm. And so what we started doing was focusing more on, you know, let's do less, but do it better, and then it'll stand out more. And so that's kind of still the, the mode I operate now by. But, I mean, I get stuff from people still every day. Hey, tell me what you think about this song that we just wrote and and uh Carrollton was one of those bands mm. they sent me something years ago and uh, I still remember writing back the guy saying I get stuff every day that sucks you guys don't suck keep going <laughs> and uh and he was like man like you have no idea how much that meant to us like I, I held on to that and and then the next thing you know they 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 made it now, I didn't make them sure because they're super good sure like you it doesn't get much better than them just acoustic harmonies and just they're great and they deserved it they had a place but i had a small little part of their story and then two when it comes back up i'm like oh i've got a connection with them so there is influence in this industry you know to to pretend that there's not and that old saying of it's who you know, not what you know, hmm. you know, it's very true. It helps, you know. Yeah, yeah. So so relationships. And, and man, I love the Carrollton example because they're, um, I don't know how much you still follow them, but made for this. I, lo- I love yeah. that. We're playing them. We're playing them now. We're playing Shelter now. Yeah. Uh, great song. And I, I love I love hearing it. And I like just knowing where they came from and that they're everybody that's out there slugging away trying to make a living. Yeah. They just did it. I And this is not to say this about them, but I've always said that it's always not the best musicians that make it. Mm. It's the ones that don't give up. Mm. There are a lot of great musicians woodshedding somewhere that, you know, or doing a nine to five because they quit and they're better than half the people that are on the radio now, but they gave up, you know, and, and the people that stick it out, they, they usually it works out for them. Mm-hmm. All right. Have there been any surprises over the years for you? And you, you don't have to obviously name names, but, have but I any, will, but you will, you may, <laughs> you can, you certainly can. I'm not going to stop you. Um, have there been any surprises over the years of like people that you're like, okay, well, I didn't think they were going to make it. They blew up or people that you thought were going to be huge. Mm. And then they just never went anywhere. I'll tell you the one that's the saddest for me is fee fee was tearing it up and i i had i I like i was friends with them and stuff and i i was like you guys are going to be the next tomlin you guys are in this you're writing great songs you're younger than tomlin's audience is you know and you're speaking a really great message to them and then steve kind of had a a fall there you know messed up in his marriage and 
that one I was just genuinely sad over because I really thought that was going to be, uh, he was going to be the next big thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's been other people, I should stop proclaiming that because there's been other people like, you're it. You know, <laughs> uh, Sidewalk Prophets, we were early on yeah. and we loved them and we're like, you guys are great. And they, we love those guys. And mm. uh, Britt Nicole was one. I was happy that I was like, man, you know, I just, big things because she was so cool she would come on our show back when we were doing total access she had the most appearances on the show because she was fun and mm. she always would play around with you and would always bring content and was i i didn't have her sing the first three times i think because she's a pop act and they're like why aren't you having her perform i'm like i was kind of doing her a favor because i didn't think she could and their <laughs> their record guy's like this girl can sing i'm like all right let's do it. And she came on and did something acoustic and then just killed it. Yeah. And so she was somebody that I had like high hopes for too. And she's still out there doing it as well, which is good. I think she's crazy talented. Yeah. So the con the contrast of that is I'm sure you get artists in that don't give you content. Mm -hmm. What, what, what does that look like? Like, what do you, what do you as a radio host, like, what did she do that you brought her back in so many times? She was just fun. Like she would have let, she would let us play around with her. Like we were doing, we would have her, we'd take her out of her comfort zone. And so we'd do, a, the first thing we did was like a rap battle with her. And uh, for the record, I'm a horrible rapper, <laughs> but that's the joke, you know? It's like, my name is Wally and I'm here to say, hey, what, you know? Yeah. Uh, but she got in and just dove in and head first yeah. and had fun with it. Um, some artists haven't been as willing to play mm. and it doesn't go that well. Now, 11 years in, I know who I can take to different places. Sure. Like Matthew West, I'll bring him in and I'll throw anything at him. I always prepare, but I don't need to with him, but I still do. Yeah. But I can say, let's write a song on the spot. He's going to write a humorous song on the spot for somebody yeah. and he's going to kill it. But you can't do that with everybody. So half of it's knowing what the skill sets are. And it's more than just making them sometimes uncomfortable because that can be funny. But you had what I learned was you got to play to their strengths and put them in a place to succeed. That's what Fallon does so well, yeah, yeah. you know, versus the tension. It's like, put them in a place to succeed. And so that's kind of how I shifted out of that. So your, your goal is not so much as to create these awkward yeah. moments as maybe, maybe it was. It used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I lived in that world and I thrived on it, but then in mainstream radio, that's what you want. You want that tension. Yeah. You know, I remember Ian Asbury from the cult. Do you remember that band? Uh, yeah. Totally. Uh, interviewing Ian one day and, and he, and I had asked him something and I don't even remember how we got into it, but it was about being molested as a child. Wow. And he offered that up. Like I had soft, I kind of laid something in there and he goes, he goes, well, I was molested as a child. I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, wow. And he goes, well, do you want to talk about it? And I'm like, okay. Like, if you're good, let's go. And it yeah. was that weird tension that yeah. was unintended, but ended up being like this really cool interview in, yeah. in the mainstream world about a really serious subject from somebody who was like an icon mm. to people back then. Wow. That's, that's crazy. And, and man, that, that's, that's great wisdom on, on your part, obviously, to, to have learned over over the years, you know what works, what doesn't, and yeah. probably sparing some artists a little bit of tears as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I had I got I had the opportunity to spare somebody tears a week ago because <laughs> it was somebody that I had had a, an interaction with nine years ago that didn't go well. I knew it wasn't their strength, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to have them on the air?" And I'm like, "No, I'm good. Thank them for me." Yeah. But because I knew it would be awkward, 
Yeah. Oh, I got a good awkward story. Hey, give me it. Okay, this is good. This was <laughs> this was my fault. Yeah. So years ago, I had Switchfoot on the show. Okay. And this was at 99X in Atlanta. And so we have him on. And the day before, because I was a believer at 99X. And so I was the conservative in the midst of massive liberalism. And they used to make fun of me all the time and stuff. And I, okay, whatever. But- they had done this quiz for me, what Wally wouldn't let his daughter do. And so, and it was designed to point me out as a crazy right-wing, ultra-religious fanatic. And I get it, that's the shtick. Yeah. So, Switchfoot comes in. I'm a believer. I know these guys, who they are and stuff. And and I'm all excited because I'm like, I'm going to give them this same quiz and they'll be able to answer these questions, but not as, but not come off right-wing, but come off normal. Yeah. And so like, normal believers. Like you were trying to use it as an opportunity. Almost. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, and this is a great way that they can share a little bit of their faith and who they are. And one of the questions offended them so badly, they stopped the interview and walked out. And, and I'm just sitting there going, I wasn't trying to do that. Okay. And so they're gone. So I never see him again. Flash forward 10 years and I end up at Way FM. It's my first week on the station, and I go to this thing called GMA, which is like a radio conference, and, and artists are there. I go there. My first interview is Switchfoot, <laughs> and I'm like, this is glorious. <laughs> I'm going to lean into this tension a little bit. So we bring him in, and I'm like, and I got John there, and so I'm like, all right. So I ask him a few questions, and we have a regular interview. I'm so like, hey, so I'm just curious. Have you ever uh, like been offended and walked out of an interview? And he goes, um, one time, there was one time in Atlanta. And I, by this time, like I'd cut my hair and everything. So I looked different. And he goes, there's one time in Atlanta, the guy, you know, was just crossed the line for me. And I said, yeah, I know that story. And I, and I said, did you know what, how I know that story? I said, that was me. But the best part of this was he goes, I know, I know it was you. And I'm like, really? And it was so cool because we wow. got to sit there and, and talk about it now, years later, not charged. I got to explain to him where I was coming from and what my intention was. He got to explain to me why they were hypersensitive to it at that time. And it was a really cool thing. And that we've been, you know, friendly. I wouldn't say friends. I, I don't go to the Bro-Am. Sure, uh, sure. You know, call me. Yeah. <laughs> call, me, call me Foreman. Um, but like, it was, it was cool. I was, so that was one that was awkward and I was purposely trying to make it awkward, yeah. but he was kind and the better person in it than me. Sure. And, and it became like a cool moment. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Let's jump into our full circle five. So just kind of rapid fire questions. Okay. What one book record or resource would you most commonly recommend to People wanting to get into the music business. Oh wow! What is it? It's the uh, the the business of music. Oh, what is? I had to read it for a thing one time. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Lee. Ooh. Dang it! Need our fact checkers. Yes, we're gonna need somebody to have to look that up. But it's it's one of the best. Um, tutorials on what this business holds because you learn about things like recoupment and mm-hmm. and upfront monies and what what literally happens and how record companies take me to lunch and then you, they write the name of a band down so it goes on their tab you know like yeah. crazy things that you would not believe happen in this business it it really is a good tutorial for that yeah maybe Colton can find the uh 
Colton's our, our 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 cameraman over here in the corner. Maybe he can he can look that up and we'll, we'll find the title. It's business of music, yeah, Lee the, something. The, yeah, the music of business. I, and I probably got the Lee wrong. Like it's probably <laughs> I probably got a lot wrong. Uh, but boy, you should check it out. <laughs> favorite record? Uh, favorite record or one that you recommend people the most? Oh, it's one I can't recommend to people, but it's my favorite. <laughs> because <laughs> oh, okay. it has a lot of bad words on it. Uh, okay. No, like, like for me, there's a band called Shinedown. Mm. So it's not a Christian band, but I like them. And and there's so much angst in this guy. And I got to know them on a small scale. Like I knew the guy that, that was the A&R guy that signed them. And I got to meet them and hang out with them a little bit. And, and I feel more for what his backstory, the singer's backstory was. And I it made me start seeing looking for that in his music and that's what made it powerful to me like us and them was a great album uh yeah, you know yeah. fly from the inside like they're fir- off their first album but it was like it, it it i could look past the things that maybe didn't jive with my philosophy or my faith into seeing and having a concern for this guy as a, as a person you know and what he was dealing with and how that was manifesting itself in music mm, it's good one of my favorite questions to ask is, do you have a favorite failure? And what I mean by that is <laughs> failure, it, it can turn into a very valuable thing mm-hmm. by learning something, by changing the way you operate or changing your perspective on something. Do you have a favorite failure? A favorite failure. This is a tough one to answer because I got a bunch of things that I've done really badly <laughs> over the years. You know, um, I'm trying to think of one that stands out more than the others. Um trying to think if I had like places where I could have uh, been a better person Hmm. probably to somebody. (laughs) I've had a few of those. Yeah. Like I always, I'm trying to get to, to the point where I make my second reaction, my first reaction, because my first reaction is always over the top and this person's out to get me and stuff. And my second reaction is where I stop and think about something a little bit more and process it. Mm. And then that's how I wish I would always default Mm. to that. But I I typically, I'm still working on that. Yeah. Still work in progress. That's you, me, and all of us together. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Uh, oh, I got it. Um, I tried to be funny, and I did something that was a, a segment on a show. Boy, this is not making me look good. <laughs> um, I, this, but but it's serious. Like it was back at the mainstream days, and I had, we had done a bit called "60 Seconds for the Day Off," and we would give uh, we would write a fake commercial for someone's company, then we would play it for their boss. And they would get the day off, but we always would write the the commercial in a way that was funny and kind of take shots at the company. And this one uh, company, it was it was for it was for a thing called babies can babies can't wait, and it was actually for looking for children with special needs. Hmm. Yeah, you see, this is gonna be bad. Looking for kids with special needs, so they needed to find kids with special needs. So you come to a rock station and ask a rock station to do that. We do it tongue in cheek, like a monster truck ad. Oh. And yeah, you're you're so you're going. Oh my gosh, you're right. Okay, so flash forward to we do this. Some people get fired as a result. I try to take the hit for it. They won't fire me, but they fire my boss. Um, and I'm like, no, I should be fired. I wrote it, you know, and it got into my personal life. Cause my wife, that's the maddest she's ever been at me. Haven't had a fight really in 29 years of being together. That one was like, you crossed the line and, and you knew better. And I yeah. did something to make a joke 
And it definitely, she still brings it up every once in a while. Um, but what I learned from that, though, is I did learn that the joke isn't always worth it, you know, and that yeah. you have to see the bigger picture. But that was a big failure, too, because, like, our pastor had a special needs kid, so it caused, like, a, a big riffle in our church, and I had to go to him and say, you know, I just owned it. I'm like, man, I'm sorry. I said, yeah. I could tell you somebody else did it, but it's not the truth. It was me, you know, and I'm, and I, and I'm sorry. And I just remember his face. It was kind, but hurt. Mm. And like, so I'd hate to see that in somebody again. Yeah. No, that's it's a good thing to learn from. Thanks, Barbara Walters. <laughs> <laughs> before, let's jump on the next question. But before you dove full time into music and got that first gig, could you pinpoint, the biggest thing that might have held you back? Oh, held me back? from or kept you from just jumping in? Oh, just, I've always been practical. You know, we were talking earlier about the people that don't give up are the ones that are going to make it. I was always practical. So I always had a job and then I did, and then, you know, I started, you know, dating my wife and, and, and so I didn't want to be gone and stuff. And so like I let, I let practical things hold me back from being that person that says, I'm going to take the risk regardless of anything. You know, I had friends and bands that all moved to LA to make a run at it, you know? And to me, I'm like, no, I'll do it this way. I'll be more strategic. But that strategery, uh, <laughs> it, it ended up being the thing I think that, that held me back. Now, thank the Lord it did. Cause I'm horrible, uh, as a musician. Uh, so it worked out well, uh, that I found where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And you're here. So what's something that is working for you right now? Uh, I think just being honest and, and I hate to use the word real. Cause usually when people say I'm real, it means you're not, but, <laughs> but being like, just being, be, being upfront, I think about, who I am in this world in the constraints of Christian radio. Cause there's a lot of people that, and I, and I don't want to bash anyone else in Christian radio because it's a tricky thing to navigate, but there are a lot of people and I know them that don't talk about a lot of the stuff in their life or the really bad, hard stuff because their audience will push back against them. Mm. I don't mind that pushback. Because for the one that pushes back against me, there's 10 that needed to hear that. Mm. And so that's where I find it works. And I've, I mean, I've point blank told people like, I'm never going to listen again. And I would write them back and say, tell me where you live and I will find a Christian station there. I have friends all over the country that do this. I'll find one for you. Because yeah, you don't sound like you're a good fit for us. Mm. Well, you can't tell me what to do. Okay, then listen. You know, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but I, I think that that is just doing that and being consistent because when you do that, it's a much slower road. People will not like you ahead of time. Like they will resist you. They'll be angry with you. That's what happened when I first got here. But over time, they will come to be your biggest defenders. Mm. And now I don't have to defend myself in social media anymore. Like when people, I say something and someone disagrees with it. I have a bunch of people that go, no, this is what he's saying. And he spent enough time here showing his heart. Does he make mistakes? A hundred percent but you're misunderstanding him, you know, and, yeah. and that wasn't the case early on. So it took time to build that. It's mm, good. So last question of the full circle five, and this is an interesting question. I always love to see the answers it gets because it's all over the place. But if your business collapsed, if, you know, WayFM, everything just kind of went off the face of the earth and you had to start over, but you still have all the experience, knowledge, and wisdom that you have right now, 
where would you start? Like square one. Mm, I'd intern for you. And then from there, I would uh, go and become a multi-bajillionaire. And we would have a really bad uh, split. And then we'd be rivals. And it would be ugly. But then we'd both come full circle and hug it out five years later. I see what you did there. Yeah. And we'd start and we'd start like a power uh, a group again. It would be fantastic. We might even do a boy band uh, together. Best answer I've heard yet. <laughs> So is there anything that you guys are working on right now or that you're personally working on that you want to talk about, care to share? Uh, no, I just for me, it's like I'm just going through every day. Like it's creative factory work, man. Like you finish your show that day and it's just gone. It's in the ether. And y- you just got to create the show the next day and the next day and the next day. So it's kind of the that's the grind of it. Um, but there's a couple of things that we're we are working on. Like I want to do a... Uh, it's funny, we we're talking about the special needs thing and how I messed up earlier. I'm looking to try and do this thing uh, for parents and kids mm-hmm. in the in the summer where we give a trip for a kid to go to a special needs park and our camp wow. and like and and I want to see it start with one and then grow mm-hmm. and give the parents a break because the more I meet people and I have a special needs child in our family too, my nephew, sure. and the more I meet people and I see the grind that it is for the families, it's like there's a there's a passion in that for me. And if I can help alleviate that for somebody and use this platform to do something that is good and scales on on a bigger scale, like that to me would be really cool. So that's one of the things we've that we've been talking about lately. Yeah, incredible. So how can people hear about, watch, listen to Wally and all of your glory? Oh, a couple ways. Uh, allwally.com, which sounds like I really love myself because my email is Wally at allwally. Like just, I hate giving the email out. <laughs> so you can hit me up like that, uh, you know, but there and then all obviously Facebook, Wally Show and Twitter and all that stuff and Great. Instagram. Well, man, thank you so much. Great stories. Thanks for being on with us. I appreciate today. the time, man. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for not having our knees t- during we, the whole interview. We're not hitting. <laughs> yes, because that's, yes, Seth, this is not awkward at all. Could we sit a little farther apart? <laughs> yeah, it's been awesome, man. Uh, I'm Seth Mosley. We're on the Made It Music podcast. This has been Wally here at Full Circle Music. Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and you've been listening to the Made It in Music podcast. This show is produced by the Full Circle Music Company in Franklin, Tennessee, with editing help from Jordan Salamone. Next week on the show, we've got Josh Silverberg. That's going to be episode 113. Whether you're into writing worship music or film and TV music, this one is one you're not going to want to miss. The guy is absolutely incredibly talented, hardworking, and understands the business of it better than most people do so do not miss that one again hit subscribe leave a rating and review and be on the lookout september 18th song chasers course is launching to our members so if you want any info on that shoot a message to full circle music at support at fullcirclemusic.com so we'll see you on the next episode of the made it in music podcast